Welcome to the Church at Lake Mead, and this is our sermon podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, we want to say thanks for stopping by, and we hope to see you again soon. Here is today's message. We, uh, we're in this series called Growing Together, and I want us to start right off in Galatians. So check out this verse uh, in, out of Galatians. Galatians chapter 2, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live the Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What I wanna do this morning is I want us to consider what it actually means to live by faith. Like what is Paul saying to this church that we are to live by faith, that it is no longer I who live, but Christ that lives within me. And therefore, what does that mean for the last 2,000 years of believers who have read this and have chosen to live by faith? Like what, what are the, the, the implications of that statement? And I want us to do a thought exercise just to get us started. I'm going to read four different passages. And as I read them, I want you to consider what faith means based on these passages I read. So, so this may build off of what you already know about faith. You might be familiar with these passages. And maybe you're writing down just some notes uh, of things that pop up in your mind as we read each passage. So I'll just read through them, and you're meditating on them. What does it mean when we say the word faith? So let's start with Hebrews 11. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So as we're doing this thought exercise, maybe pull some words out of there that that would help you build what it means when, when the scriptures talk about faith. Let's read the next one, Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. James 2 says this, what good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And this last one. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So, believers, what is your understanding of faith? Remember that, that person, your good friend, who sat with you at the uh, cafe a couple weeks ago and said, hey, what does your life look like as a disciple? And what if you're meeting with that person again for coffee and they say, what does faith actually mean? If you are to live by faith, what does it actually mean? Theologian Scott McKnight would say this about faith. Faith is the initial and then continuing response of the human to God's promises. So there's this initial response. You're drawn to this initial response to God wooing your heart and then this continual responding to his promises. And when it comes to faith, we might have lots of different questions like, is faith an absence of uncertainty? Is faith an absence of doubt? 
Are God's promises real? Like when he says these promises, are they real? And how do I navigate that? Or how, sh how should living by faith impact every part of my life? The way I think, the way I act, the way I respond. How does faith re uh, impact those parts of my life every day on a daily basis, not just on a Sunday morning? And then how do I grow in faith? Like how do I go when I'm 18 and I follow Jesus and then I'm 80 and I'm following Jesus? What, what does that growth look like in my life? One commentator would say that there are four common misunderstandings about faith, and here they are. Here's the first one. Faith is faith in health and wealth. There's a misunderstanding that actually is more like faith in faith rather than faith in Jesus. And this faith in faith means that I'm, I'm going to be wealthy and I'm going to be healthy at all times. And there are lots of people in the New Testament that were judging others based on that, on that misunderstanding, that because they're sick, then they must not have enough faith. Or because they're, not, they're poor, they must not have enough faith. And so infused in the American culture is also this idea that you must be healthy and wealthy in order to be favored by God. And God's favor would be seen as your health and your wealth. And so there's that first misunderstanding. The second one is that it's only a creed we memorize. So it's these doctrines that I'm saying I memorize and I know, and that it has no real influence on the way I live daily. That faith is just a creed, a, 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 a number of things that you say is what you believe. The third one would be this blind leap into the unknown. That there's, there's no substantiation to what you're saying, and, and then you don't even have to have intellect or you don't have to add some of these other things into like, okay, this is faith and, and I, I can't have faith if I'm gonna trust these other things as well. And lastly, faith is a life of reflective devotion is another misunderstanding. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you have devotion to what you believe. Like you could believe in Buddha or you can believe in Jesus and both are faith. Right, so faith, this call of faith according to scripture is this faith in Yahweh. And I believe Tyler did a fantastic job uh, of just starting us out on what faith is and who, who we are to believe and trust in. And so I want us to have a discussion on two passages. We're not gonna read the whole thing because it'd be a lot of reading, Hebrews 10 and 11. I encourage you to read chapters 10 and 11 because it'll pull some things out of it, uh, but I encourage you to just devote your time this week to reading through Hebrews chapters 10 and 11. But here's what Hebrews 10 and 11 are gonna tell us about. That faith involves a confident action. Let's, let's throw this up here. A confident action in response to an unseen God and his promises, that that's what faith involves. This confident action of an unseen God and his promises. That I would declare that even though I can't see him, he is real. Even though I can't see the kingdom of God, I know it's real. And a lot of things in this world would try to deny that. Like a lot of things would, I know you've gone through a week last week maybe or in the past where these doubts start to creep in and you wonder what is real? Like is God real and are his promises real? And then you gather with some really good believers and then those things start to subside like C.S. Lewis said within just minutes those things start to subside. And so I want us to read Hebrews 10, and let's, let's, let's consider what faith is according to Hebrews. Here's what the writer of Hebrews would call to us each to. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, 
with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. This idea of drawing near is a continuing approaching the throne together. This is in the context of us doing this together. This isn't in the context of a solo act. This is us together constantly drawing near, are going, approaching the throne of God and saying, God, this is our need. This is, we need you in this. Help us to trust you in this. Help us in our unbelief, as one would say when they encounter Jesus, that you would help us in our unbelief even. And not only there, but with a true heart, this idea of a sincere heart that begins on the inside, like this faith that transforms the inside and then out of the overflowing of that, it starts to impact my daily life. And so this call for us to do this, to draw near with a sincere heart, the only way we can do this in a full assurance of faith is because God initiated it. That's the second part, that God did his part in offering his son and we would respond to that on a regular basis, that God did his part to enable us to do our part that we would constantly draw near to the throne of God. This idea of full assurance, it's a clear-headed confidence. This is who my God is. I'm gonna trust his promises. But it's in the context of together. That we do this together, we cannot do this solo. I don't know how many, if you've ever been in a place where doubt starts to really creep in and it's really because you've been doing this alone. You've been isolated. You haven't been around other believers talking about your faith or talking about your doubt, just like Alexis was saying, that you guys are talking about doubt too, right? Like to, to speak those things out and have an other believer speak into and saying, let's hold fast, keep enduring, let's keep going forward. That's what he, the writer of Hebrews is saying. Let's keep going forward. And it's in the context of together. Look at the rest of this passage. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawn near. So my real question, what I wanna to ask today is this, what does it mean to live by faith together? Not by myself, but with one another. Like how does my faith grow when we're together. Like Alexis described up here, that her, she's, she's uh, impacting their faith and they're impacting her faith and they're speaking into each other and then they're growing together. So here's what faith absolutely involves. It involves God witnessing God's faithfulness in other people's lives. Like as you're, you're encountering others, you're witnessing God's faithfulness in their lives. So this week, I went over to Smith's and I was studying for the message and I'm sitting in the corner all by myself and just uh, quietly reading and studying. And then Wendy, Wendy, are you? Yeah, you're here. Wendy walks up and, uh, and so we began to chat and she's like, oh, our group is coming here. And so I think your group, you must have had 12 or 15 people there. Uh, and we all sat around and I joined there, just sitting around with them. And I asked them like, hey, how has this encounter with one another Im impacted your faith? And they couldn't stop talking. They were speaking over each other. They were making fun of each other. They were like goading and, and bantering back and forth and just talking about how their faith has grown as a result of them being together. Like how, and, and at some point, I think I had to stop the conversation because they had so much to say and uh, they could have gone on and on and on about their faith being influenced by each other, impacted. Whether it was knowing, like, hey, I didn't know Jesus really well on the front end and today I know him more because of this group. Or it was, hey, 
this is what they've walked, when I first encountered several of you on Thursday, you were all talking about Connie and needing prayer for her. Like they were all giving me updates on Connie and needing to pray for her and how Bill had a, had a rough couple of last weeks and praying for him. Like they knew what each other was walking through and this faith that they grew together in. Hebrews 11 talks a lot about that. If you've grown up in church, you'll know Hebrews 11 is like this hall of faith is what people would call it. It's a record of 16 different people who lived by faith. And it kind of, it reads like this, by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham, by faith Sarah, by faith Rahab. And these aren't superheroes. If you know the story, or if you just read Hebrews 11, you'll see that there's some rough stuff in this. This guy right here was a partier. He got naked and drank a lot. So, and then this guy, he started to deceive other people about this person being his wife. And this woman was a prostitute. There were all of these like non-superhero, ordinary people walking by faith. That's what we are called to, that we'd be called into this list of, of ordinary people being transformed by Yahweh. And they struggled. If you know their story, they were struggling. This wasn't a life of health and wealth. This was a life of struggle. Some, some were killed by their own brother. Some had really difficult children. Some never saw the fulfillment of God's promise. In fact, Hebrews 11 talks about that they held on to the promise and never saw it fulfilled that you and I are actually seeing the fulfillment of God's promise. And their faith looked a little bit different. Each of them had their own unique story. It was a varied look at faith. So some, their faith was through an offering. Some, their faith was building a boat. Some, their faith was, was suffering persecution, witnessing a resurrection, defying authority, asking for a child, even though they were in their old age, like each one experiencing faith in a little bit different ways. So here's a good statement from uh, Guthrie. He says, faith involves extraordinary miracles in the lives of ordinary people in a variety of ways through a variety of outcomes. Sometimes we like formula, don't we? Like we want to, okay, just give me a formula to know exactly how I should do this. And when we read Hebrews 11, we don't see that formula. We see God doing different things. And the formula is, I'm gonna trust in an unseen God who's God of promises that are sure. So that's my formula. I've got to hold on to those things. And all the rest of the stuff is we're in for a ride, right? So the writer of Hebrews, he's like, I don't even have enough time to write about all this. So this is how he summarized it. Let's look at this. What shall I say? I don't even have enough time to tell about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith they conquered kingdoms, administered justice, keep going, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle. Yeah, keep going. And routed foreign armies, women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection, the next one. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonments. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, 
destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living caves and in holes in the ground. Some of you are now saying, I do not want to live by faith. <laughs> Whoa. But they found something better. And it sustained them through some of the most difficult situations. Hmm. This week, uh, I had dinner, uh, Don and I had dinner with, uh, with the cons, Michael and Sarah. And for the last year, I've known that uh, their daughter and they have been estranged from one another. And it's just rocked their world. And out of that, I remember Michael sitting with me one day and he said, I know that others are going through the same thing. I just wanna, I wanna maybe gather some of them together and we just pray together. And so on a regular basis, I believe there are four or five couples, adults, who have their, their children are estranged from them for different reasons. And they gather together to pray. Michael will say, I'm not a, I'm not a counselor, so I'm not here for counseling. We're just gonna pray together that God will do something huge. And they gather over and over to, get, to pray. And I know there's a, a, a woman in our church, her name is Galena, and every Sunday she goes up to Sarah and says, hey, any news yet? Have you heard from her yet? And just this constant prayer, we're right in the middle of a story that we don't know the outcome, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna trust an unseen God and he's gonna do, he's gonna hold on to some promises and maybe not in this life, and we're praying that in this life reconciliation happens. But we also know that Jesus one day will restore all things, right? And so we hold on to that as well. Hmm. The, uh, uh, earlier this month, uh, the, uh, the teens, the youth, student ministry, all get together on Wednesday nights. They call it underground. And it's, uh, it's a gathering of high schoolers and they begin to pr uh, pray and they, they sing together and, they, uh, and we've talked about them a little bit before. Earlier this month they met and they had a guest uh, group that came in and said, hey, how can we pray for you? And, and one of the, the uh, guys in the group just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, hey, there's someone in here that we just need to pray for their ears. Like, we just need to pray for hearing. And so a young man named Nick comes forward and just kind of collapses into this guy's arms and says, pray for my sister. I've been praying for my sister for a long time. Her sister was born uh, as a failure to thrive uh, girl. And, uh, and mom said it was pretty rough going. Uh, they were uncertain at 21 days if she was gonna keep living. And as a result, her hearing was severely impacted. They, had, they put tubes in her ears and, and that uh, caused some issues that, that built up scar tissues where her, her hearing was really difficult. In fact, she needed to face people to hear them and read their lips at the same time. So that's what school is like. Sit at the very front and listen to the teacher, but watch her lips. And so they knew that this was gonna progressively get worse. In fact, what uh, Allison has felt over the last uh, couple of years is that, that her hearing started to sound like she was underwater. Is that right, Allison? Yeah. And so uh, fast forward a little bit. Now this is when she was a baby, she's 14 today. It's gotten worse over the last year. And so their thought is that she would need to have hearing aids. And so they anticipated that process of, of getting hearing aids and setting up their time with the audience. Uh, Audiologists, audiologists. 
Let me read this for you. Here's, the con- here's what uh, the, the report to Chris. Uh, if you could go to the, where it says Nick's sister. So Nick was the, the young man praying at Underground a couple weeks ago. Nick's sister has had issues with her hearing since birth. We knew it was likely she would lose her hearing. In February, we were informed by her pediatrician that she had significant hearing loss. We had our follow-up appointment with the audiologist today to get another reading and discuss hearing aid options. And Nick has continued to pray for recovery for his sister after the meeting last week. Today, the audiologist told us her hearing is now registering as excellent with no detectable deficiencies. Well, yeah. They can't explain it. They tested her three times and the same reading every time. Keep going. We did get further information from her specialist last week. So mom, can I share this just a second? Mom is like, uh, I don't know if I can trust this. Um, so they wanted to get more uh, testing done. And so they went to a specialist, I believe, and, and got testing done again. They did a full exam and more audiology, uh, audiology testing. We were informed that the scarring in her ears are virtually gone. They provided us with this report. So she sent us a report of the February and today. And the, it is clear in the two doctor's notes, this transformation that's happened. We have one more, uh, one from February with substantial hearing loss, then in March with excellent hearing, better than mom's. The doctor's comment when I asked her how this, is, this could happen is, there is no medical explanation for this to happen. Yeah, like. That's, that's remarkable. I mean, you could talk to Allison and, 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 and hear her story. Uh, sometimes God heals. Sometimes we do know that, that for whatever reason in his greater story, he doesn't. And many of you have stories where you have been praying and praying for God's help. Just heal me. But we also know that faith isn't just about health. And I know that's a tough thing to say. Uh, I'm, I had stage four cancer. So I know like there's these moments where you wrestle with God, if you heal me, I'm gonna like, it will be for your glory. And if I don't get healed, then it's for your glory as well, right? We see some of that and those are difficult words. I don't say them lightly. But here's what we do. We gather together to grow in our faith together as we hear the witness of other people, God's faithfulness in their life, we cling to that at times. Okay, God has been faithful in them. Okay, I'm gonna hold on to this, right? And in Debbie, your, your son, right? In the last month or so, or a couple months, uh, your relationship has been restored, right? And so even like some of these other parents are clinging to that witness that you're, you, you, it's been restored, right? And so each of us, we're holding on to the faith of others. 
and knowing, okay, God was faithful there. He may not be exactly the same way gonna be faithful to me, but I'm gonna hold on to the faithfulness in you. And, and here's what we really hold on to. Here's, here's what, our, what we hold on, we cling to, no matter the outcome, we cling to this, that Jesus must be our source and our sustainer of our faith. No matter which, which way this will go, He is my sustainer. Like, I don't know if He'll fully heal me. I don't know if He'll fully reconcile. Uh, sometimes He does those things and sometimes He doesn't. And I'm, sometimes I'm sitting in the mystery of it, but He is my sustainer, no matter which way this goes. This is how Hebrews 12 would say, in, in the, like a, as a conclusion to Hebrews 11, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before Him, he was a, He's a suffering God. He knows our suffering. And so I get a hold on to this. Before he endured the cross, scorning a shame, sitting down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's the promise. He is on the throne. He's gonna sustain me. Consider this, brothers and sisters. Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary, you will not lose heart. Followers of Jesus, no matter what your circumstance or situation, don't lose heart. Don't grow weary. As Hebrews 12 would say, there's this cloud of witnesses that has that God has been faithful to, and you're just gonna cling to, okay, Jesus, I'm clinging to you. I don't know the answer to this. I don't know why this is going this way, but I'm clinging to you, you're my sustainer, and I need to be around your people so that I'm reminded of his faithfulness. I'm gonna be reminded of his faithfulness as I hear others tell stories of what he has done in their life, and I'm gonna cling to, okay, I'm gonna cling on to the, both of these and continue to grow me in my faith with this body of, of believers, that we would do this together. It's important that we do, like we gather on Sundays. It's important that young ladies gather on Tuesdays and high schoolers gather on Wednesdays and you're in your life group and senior, uh, the senior group, I forget, Wendy, what's the name of your group? The charity? Senior charity group. You gather, I think on Thursdays and Fridays and Mondays and like all of them. And uh, so that we would meet regularly and hear the testimony of other saints. Here's the conclusion I want you to consider today. The faith is a big topic. We could go all, all year on it. So if there's any part in this that, that was unclear, I'd love to have a conversation about that because I want to be clear on, on this. But here's the question I do want us to all consider. If I didn't live by faith, what would be different in my life? Would there, would there be elements in my life that would be any different if I weren't a follower of Jesus? Would any part of my life be any different? I think that's an important question to go that route because then it helps us see where does Jesus impact my life? Like how as a disciple am I impacted by um, my faith in him? So if I didn't have him, where would life be different? And considering that, it's not meant to be a weighty thing. It's meant to be like, okay, Jesus, help me to trust you in that area a little bit more. Help me to trust you in areas that it doesn't seem like I've let you in on and impacted me and transformed me. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna close our, bow our heads. We're gonna close our eyes. We're gonna first just give thanks for this testimony of Allison's hearing. You could do that like just 
speak some words of like life out and just thank you, Jesus. Then speak some words of life as I, I spoke about uh, Michael and Sarah and just their desire to have just a reconciliation among other adults in this room, uh, parents in this room. Pray for, pray that there is reconciliation. then pray for those who are dealing with chronic illness, a difficult diagnosis. Let's pray for them in this room. It, it is a wearying thing to walk through a chronic illness. So we're gonna pray that they stay steadfast, that the Father communes with them in just a very sweet and and needed way that in the waiting he shows himself faithful and then believer are there areas of your life that your faith needs to like change and impact that Jesus would change and impact these certain areas of your life that you've just held on to maybe confess that Maybe it's about praying with others. Maybe it's about getting in a life group. Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, continue to have your way with us. Continue to do your work that we'd be transformed over and over again. Help us to have our eyes open to the reality of your faithfulness. I pray that the, the enemy does not have any kind of foothold in the enduring of, our, of this race that's set before us. Would you stand with us just for a moment?